You're all together lovely. You're just all together great just to me, God. And I love you for that. Why don't you love on someone today and let them know that you're glad to see them. I want you to speak, some, speak life into them however God leads you to do that. And then you can be seated. Wonderful praise and worship on today. Just really lifted my spirits. Praise God. Well, you all didn't eat too much for the holiday, did you? How many of y'all had a good Thanksgiving? Raise your hand if you had a good Thanksgiving. How many of you all had beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes? You name it! I tell you, that thing took off all around the country, didn't it? We must have heard that. My kids had that on continuous rewind in my daughter's car, just playing that, blasting that. My kids riding around, beans, greens, tomatoes, potatoes, turkey, ticking. And I started adding ham hocks, chitlins, uh, hog mog, all that stuff we grew up on uh, during this time of the year. But I trust that you all had a great Thanksgiving. You know, my job today is real simple. We know a lot of people travel during this time. We were actually slated to be uh, out of town, and, but we stayed back and we're helping a family. And we decided to just make Thanksgiving special for them. Uh, but usually we celebrate our anniversary during this time. So I want to honor my lovely wife who cooked a beautiful meal. We'll celebrate 19 years of marriage on this upcoming Tuesday. And so I thank God that she's the only woman that I've known since I was 22 years old. And it still does my heart good to be able to stand up here and say I've never cheated on my wife. I've never misbehaved inappropriately where the opposite sex is concerned. Not a female anywhere that will tell you that I've ever done anything uh, that would dishonor my marriage. And I want to thank God for his grace. But she also makes it real easy to love her that way. And so I want to thank God for you giving me 19 years of wonderful marriage. Looking forward to at least 50 more of those, okay? Well, my assignment is real easy today. You know, so often we get caught up in what the world calls the most or the toughest time of the year is between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And there are more suicides, there's more uh, stress, there's more worry, there's more anxiety, more hospitalizations. We see it here at the ministry. We visit more people between Thanksgiving and the top of the year than any other time in the year. And I wonder if that's because there's some kind of trigger mechanism on the inside of us that's telling us we're supposed to behave a certain way between these two time periods of the year. But I haven't found that anywhere in the scriptures. Actually, Thanksgiving is a great time of the year because we have so much to be thankful for. Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. New Year's, we get a fresh start. I don't know about you. That should be a glorious time of the year, right? And the Scripture gives us some insight into that. And we're going to look at that today. Uh, It won't take me a long time to get this deposit into you today. Some things are taught. uh, Some things are caught. And my prayer is that you'll catch today's message by the Spirit of God. I pray that it'll just illuminate in your spirit. If you would, just go with me to Philippians chapter 4. It's nothing we've ever read before, but I want to read it with the revelation that God has given me on the subject. And I want to remind you, the fourth chapter, the entire book of Philippians, Paul is in prison while he's writing this. And so, I mean, that's, that's not a joyous time, right? The Philippian church is under great persecution, 
And actually, right here in this fourth chapter, what he's really addressing is two females who've gotten in such discord that it's causing disharmony within the church. And this is the antidote that he writes to them, I believe, to himself while he's in prison and to us over 2,000 years later. And so, uh, Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to begin reading at verse 4, and I'm just going to go verse by verse today. If I had to give today's message a title, it would be Rejoice at All Times. Rejoice at All Times. That includes between November and January the 1st. Rejoice at All Times. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, uh, you can find all of these notes there. Just go right to that app. Look down right to the bottom right. You'll see a section with three bars. It says more. Click that. It'll take you to events. Click on events and then go to Linked Up Church and the entire outline will be right there. And you can also take additional notes uh, there, but also the outline will be on the screen as well. And so we know that there are times in life when we have a lot to rejoice about, but there are also times in life when we don't. And if you've lived a little while, you've experienced both of those, Right? How many of y'all have had times where just everything was clicking? How many of y'all have had other times where, man, it seems like nothing is going right, right? And so it's called life. We can always, though, find something to rejoice about in Christ. So even when we can't find it in our circumstances, we can always find it in Christ. Then I'm going to show you some insight that the Lord has given me. Even when we can't find it in our own lives, we can find it in someone else's life. And we can make a decision that because my sister or my brother is rejoicing, I'm going to get in on that and rejoice with them. And all of these you'll learn after today are just decisions. So it's wonderful news for all of us that in the body of Christ, we find people that are living through many different seasons of life. Some are going again through times of difficulty. Some are going through seasons of great rejoicing. If you're in a season of hardship right now, You'll be very challenged today because what you have to do is get out of yourself, and this will help uproot selfishness. It'll help you get out of yourself if you're going through a tough time and think about someone else who isn't. And what will happen is when I decide to rejoice with them, it'll also make my heart rejoice. And I'll start thinking less about what I'm going through because I'm now rejoicing with someone else who has something to rejoice about. And what you'll find before you realize it because you made the right choice and you were happy about someone else's rejoicing, I mean, it won't be long before you have something to rejoice about yourself. And it's just called seed time and harvest if you'll be willing to sow and to plant those seeds in your life. So we want to look for people who are rejoicing and we want to join in with them. And so I have four quick points uh, for us today. Point number one is rejoice at all times. Go to Philippians chapter 4 and let's read verse 4. And we're just going to go verse by verse, verses 4 through 7. Uh, point number one today, rejoice at all times. Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord. What's that word there? Now, if you just read this real fast, you'll miss specifically what he's saying. Because we know in our circumstances, we don't always have something to rejoice about. Right? That's not what he said here. He said rejoice in the Lord always. So in other words, you will always have something in the Lord to rejoice about. And how I many then it takes effort? That means I have to know God. I have to have a relationship with God. I have to know what God's word says to find out 
who I am in him and what he said about me in my circumstances. Then I start thinking about, you know what? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Right? You start thinking, yes, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Right? I start thinking about this is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. And what will happen is in him, that will always give me something to rejoice about, even though what I'm, what I'm looking at in the natural doesn't give me anything to rejoice about. It's just where's my focus right now. So, I mean, you know, when I get depressed, it's because I'm thinking about depressing things. Just like when I rejoice, it's because I'm thinking about things to rejoice about. And watch this. It takes the same amount of effort on both sides of that. It's just which one will you choose? So he says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Then he said, just in case you didn't understand that, he said, again, I say rejoice. Well, the word rejoice means to be full of cheer. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and see if they look like they're full of cheer. And then elbow them and say, I'm alert your face that you're happy right now. <laughs> Come on, do it for me. Alert them right here. Elbow them and say, alert your face that you're full of joy right now. So it means to be full of cheer. Watch this. It means to be happy. It means to be well off. It means to be glad. Always means at all times. And so all times are not good times, but yet in all times, I can still make a decision that having, worrying about it is not getting ready to change it. Come on, being depressed about it is not getting ready to change it. So why not just brag on God in the midst of it and and, and make a decision to rejoice so that now I can put myself in a situation where it can change. So he said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Make a decision to be full of cheer, to be happy, to be well off, to be glad, and to do that at all times. So that means to be saved, you cannot be up and down. I'm declaring and prophesying no more moody Christians. Somebody receive that. Don't let that fly over your head. I'm prophesying right now. No more moody Christians. We can find something in the Lord to be up about all the time. Right? And then we also can find someone that's rejoicing that will also help us be up with them at that particular time. Go to Romans chapter 12. Look at what it says here. And this is what makes small groups so vital. I mean, you you, you you can't go through life by yourself. You need other people to go through life with you. You need people that when you're down, they can pick you up, right? So important to have other people to walk this out with you. Look at what Romans chapter 12, 15, and 16, dream 10. You get to gather together with people like-minded, serve in the same areas that you serve in, pray together, lift each other up, encourage each other, motivate each other. I mean, that's what keeps us all going. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 15 and 16. It says, rejoice with those who what? Wow. And weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. In other words, have the same attitude towards each other. What he's literally saying here, when I, no matter what I'm going through, when I see my sister is up, I need to get up with her. I mean, the last thing you want to do is bring somebody else down that's rejoicing. Come on, am I in the right place today? 
Worst thing you ever want to do is see your brother over there just excited about what God has just done for him, and you bring a bad attitude to that moment. See what he's saying here? He's saying, let this be of the same attitude towards each other. But then also when I see my sister going through something, I mean, I also can lower myself and, and say, you know what? I understand. I've been there too, right? And I can join right in. But the goal should be not to leave them there, bring them right back to a place of rejoicing, right? Look what he said here. Do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble. In other words, hang out with people who recognize that God is greater than them. Isn't that good? Do not be wise in your own opinion. So he said rejoice with others who are rejoicing. And so we've got to learn how to do that. I believe that should be a trademark for the church. I want Linked Up Church to change that paradigm from January, from Thanksgiving through January to 1. Let's be the happiest church in America. It's tough, isn't it? Let, let me try this side over here because they want, not today, Pastor. <laughs> let's try. Let's start Monday. No, let's start right now. Come on, folks. Let's change that paradigm. Let's make from November to January the 1st, let's let Linked Up Church be one of the happiest churches in America. We got to learn how to rejoice with others that are rejoicing. Is there a husband and wife in here that you love football? You're a Falcons fan. Is there a husband and wife in here you love football? You're a Falcons fan? Husband and wife. Any, anyone in here like that? Husband and wife? You're a Falcons fan? You love? Why are you all scared? You live here in, like, I don't want to really admit that I'm a. All right. Stand up, you two back there to Stoke. Stand up. I don't know what your schedule looks like today, but if someone blessed you with tickets to the Falcons game, could you go? I know you have a child. If someone blessed you with those tickets, could you go? You could go. Come on down here and receive your blessing. Come on now. Somebody ought to rejoice with them. Come on, it's two, two good seats too. Enjoy that game today, man, okay? God bless you. You two hang out, have some honey time today at the Falcons game. Two Come on, now, somebody ought to catch the spirit of that and rejoice with them. Come on, even if you can't find something right now to rejoice about in your situation, they just got blessed with with tickets to the Atlanta Falcons game today for free. I'm happy for them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good, and he is good all the time. Come on, folks, let's change it. From November through January, let's let Linked Up Church be one of the happiest churches in America. No depression, no oppression, no hospitalization. Come on, somebody. If they go in, it's just to go pray for other people to get them healed and get them out of there as quick as they possibly can. So number one, we've got to learn to rejoice at all times. Number two, joy is best expressed through gentleness. Joy is best expressed through gentleness. What does that mean, Pastor Greg? Well, look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. It says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Well, what is he talking about here? Gentleness means yielding. 
So how I many know in the Greek there, you have to be, you have to yield to the fact that you know God is, is with you. It means, I love this, near. It means, oh, I'm sorry, it means, uh, that's at hand, near. Gentleness means mild. It means kind. It means patient. Actually, it does mean yielding. I'm sorry. And so yielding is in there as well. So what you've got to do is yield to the fact that you know the Lord is at hand, or the literal Greek there means he's near, he's close, and he's ready. So there's nothing you're going through right now that he's not going through with you. So watch this. So the moment I realize who I am in him, then it literally changes the current circumstance that I'm going through. Because watch this. There's no lack in him. So even if my circumstances speak to lack, how I many of they can't stay that way as long as I stay in him? You see that? And he says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is near or the Lord is at hand. See, it takes confidence to be able to tell people, I'm going through a challenging time right now, but I know God has my back. Yeah. It takes some faith in God to say, hey, things aren't exactly the way I want them to be right now, but let me let everybody, let me put everybody on notice. The Lord is right here with me. He's going through it with me, and I know I'll come out better on the other side of this. Come on, God is good. I don't care what you're going through right now. If you have a revelation that God is with you in it, man, listen, you're going to sleep good at night. Why? Because weeping may endure for a night, but it's mandatory that joy comes in the morning. You will have your morning time if you just take your focus off of the circumstances and put it on who you are in him and realize that you're not going through it by yourself. Matter of fact, there's one translation here when it says, at hand, the Lord is ready. So really, a lot of times we think we're waiting on God. You're really not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. And so he's so close and ready to act, he just needs you to give him something to work with. Right? And so you've got, you have to be able to say, God, you're good, and I'm coming out of this situation without the smell of smoke. And then he's ready to act. Hallelujah. 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 Who was that that just got blessed with those two tickets today? I know they've already looked in that envelope to see where those seats are back there. I know, I know they look peeked in there. Let's see where they got us sitting here tonight. They're good seats. Come on, one more time. Can we praise God with them right now? All right. I want to challenge somebody here. How many of y'all are going through a tough time right now? Make this confession with me. Keep your hand up in the air and make this confession. Say, I'm going through a tough time. I'm not denying that. But what I'm declaring is that I'm not going through it by myself. The Lord is near. He's close by. He's in my heart. And he's ready to act on my behalf right now. Now go ahead and rejoice and thank God that he's moving. Oh, this is a lifestyle. Now, go ahead and thank God that he's moving. Come on, he's changing circumstances around. Come on, he's fixing things and working things out for your good. If you'll just stay right there, folks, stay right there. This lets the church and the world see that you belong to the Lord. Anytime you can conduct yourself like this, the church is watching, the world is watching, and they get a first row seat to see how good God is in your life when you can let your moderation be known to everyone that's watching, the Lord has my back in this situation. 
It's a blessing to be able to do that. It puts everyone on note. And it qualifies as something to be really rejoicing about before you actually get the manifestation of it. And how many know that requires faith to do that? Folks, I told you all, I'm standing on this stage at the Marietta Performing Arts Center, theater. But I'm really standing on the stage in our permanent building preaching to you right now. And it's so close, I'm trying to tell you, listen to me, it's so close. Man, listen. Man, it's, listen, man. It's so close, I almost got up and drove there this morning. Come on, folks, you cannot be afraid to brag about how good God is and what he's doing before he does it. Hallelujah. 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 I declare I don't have a sad church. I declare I have a happy church, a well-off church, a glad church. Come on, somebody. A church that's full of rejoicing. No bad attitudes at linked up church ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No moody people. In the new building, we're going to get a sign outside. No moody people allowed. And before you go in the sanctuary, it's going to say, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Praise. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this place today. We shouldn't come to church sad and, and, and heads hung low. We ought to come in here lifted up, excited, on fire about what God is doing and what we know he's getting ready to do. For somebody, this might be the best week of your life coming up this week. If you'll just expect it to be. If you expect nothing, you'll manifest nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any happy people in this building today? Come on, folks. We got to change that. We are not depressed from November. See, people are focusing on what they don't have instead of focusing on what's left. Hallelujah. Can't change what's already gone, but you sure can rejoice about what's left. I thank God for everything that's left. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, I'm getting full up here just talking about this. Point number three. Let's keep moving today. Joy replaces anxiety in life. Joy replaces anxiety in life. Folks, I learned you are either one or the other. You're either full of anxiety and worry or you're full of joy. And all of that has to do which, what are you focusing on right now? And listen, I don't know if I can say this any better. It takes the same amount of effort on both sides. So all you've got to do is choose to not focus on what you don't have. And choose to thank God for what you do have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many people this time of year, the family gets together and they look around the room to see who's not there instead of celebrating the people who are there. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen, right? Instead of going to the tree and looking what's not under the tree, thank God that there is a tree. 
Come on, church. It's just all what you focus on. Right? I was believing for a new car. Why don't you just thank God that you have a car? Because you could be walking. You could be on martyr right now. But you have one. If you have one, thank God that you have one. If you don't have one, thank God that you can walk. You've got two legs and good feet. Come on, somebody. And some shoes on your feet. When you start thanking them for that, before you know it, a bike shows up. Then you start riding that bike. Thank you, Jesus, for this swing, 26 inch with, with leather seats. Come on, somebody. Spoke rims on it. Thank you for this swing, whatever it is. I don't know what, they, what bikes they make today. Then before you know it, that swing will turn into a moped or something. Then start thanking God for that moped that gets up to 35 miles per hour. Because, Father, my bike could only get 10 miles per hour. But now I'm moving at 35 miles per hour. Come on, somebody. Then all of a sudden you start thanking God for that moped and a car shows up. Folks, stop looking at what you don't have and start thanking God for what you do have. Joy replaces anxiety in life. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. He cannot make it any more plain than that. He said, don't worry about nothing. But pastor, you don't know my situation. I don't need to. I know your God. And I know your God is bigger than your situation. Come on, somebody. He can't make it more clear than that. Don't worry about nothing. Nothing. Not the rent, not the mortgage, not the car note, not groceries. Refuse to worry about not your children. Hello, somebody. He said, don't worry about nothing. But in everything, pray, supplicate, and give thanksgiving. That's how you make your communication known to God. That's how you let God know which side of that you're on. See, when I'm worrying, what I'm saying is I don't trust you, God. When I'm praying, I'm saying, God, I cast the whole of this care over on you, and I know you've got my back in this situation. And I'm talking about I don't care what that situation looks like. Your income could get cut off today, and you'll still say, God, I cast the whole of that care over on you. You already know every bill that's due for the month of December, and I thank you in advance that every single one of them will get paid. And I rejoice, and I shout. And whatever you need to do right there in that moment, just give God glory for it. And watch the angels, watch heaven, watch the Spirit of God, watch everything begin to work in your favor because you made a decision not to worry about it but to trust God with it hallelujah 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 this might be the best week of somebody's life in this building come on if you just get out of yourself I'm telling you somebody communicated something to me last night it could end up being a great blessing to anybody in this room the spirit of God will find the right person though he'll always find the right person Right, and I'm telling you, the one that the Spirit of God will be looking for, the one that's trusting him, the one that's thanking God that everything's going to be all right. Come on, somebody, the one that's giving God the glory when it looks like it's nothing to give God glory about. Come on, am I preaching to anybody in this room today? I'm talking about the person that refuses to worry, the person that refuses to stay up all night, the person that refuses to not get any sleep, the person that refuses to have a bad attitude. That's who the Spirit of God is going to be looking for. Hallelujah. 
Somebody's life could change this week. Spirit of God had me in the room last night with a bunch of millionaires. Gave me the opportunity to speak the word of God into their hearts. One of them said at the end, I want to do something for your church. I don't know what that looks like, but I know it's good. Where those tickets came from last night. I'm telling you, the Lord just gave me an in-season word for that group of men. I'm walking out. God hands me an envelope with cash in it and those two tickets. I took the cash out and gave them the two tickets. The Lord didn't tell me to give them the cash. He only told me to give them the tickets. Now, can somebody rejoice with me for about 30 seconds? Come on, come on, somebody. Didn't even know the guy. Didn't even know him. I'm walking by. He taps me on my arm. Here. Didn't say nothing else. How many know you got to be cool in that moment? You just grab that envelope and you tuck it and you keep walking. Then you get in that elevator and you pull it back out. Come on, somebody. Which one are you today? Come on, which one are you today? Are you worrying or are you thanking God? Come on, which one are you today? Are you anxious or are you praising God? Come on, because if you'll get over into praising God, your life just might change this week for the better. Glory to God. Joy should always replace anxiety. Think about it this way. If it's something for you to worry about, then it qualifies as something for you to pray about. I don't care how little it might be. If you're worrying about it, then it qualifies for you to pray about it. I don't care how big it might be. If it's got that much of your attention, then shift the worrying over to praying and trusting God. It's essential that we pray during times that threaten our joy. So it sounds to me like if this is the toughest time for people between November and January, that must also be the time that people are praying the less, the least. Because there's no way to pray and it be the toughest season of your life. We're getting ready to flip that. We're getting ready to get so excited from November all the way through the first of the year. We're getting ready to go into the new year rejoicing. Forget all of that, Lord, just get me out of 2016. No, I ain't going into 2017 with that kind of attitude. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you did in 2016. Come on, somebody. God, you've been good. I lived the whole year 2016. Come on, somebody. I'm still alive. I still got breath in my lungs. You're a good God. And I'm looking forward to an even greater 2017. No other disposition you can have than that one right there. You are a winner and not a loser. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and never beneath. You have the victory. You are not trying to get the victory. You already have the victory. 
Hallelujah. 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 Joy replaces anxiety in your life. It's essential that we pray during times that threaten our joy. When we pray, we make the choice to give thanks. And when we make the choice to give thanks, it activates our faith and it gives God the opportunity to move on our behalf. He's so close and he's so ready to act. You're not waiting on him. He's actually waiting on you. Angels are waiting on their marching orders. What are you saying to them? What's coming out of your mouth? Because they hearken unto the voice of your words. So they're either working for you or they're laid off right now. We need to employ our angels again. Give them something to do. Tell them to bring that job in. Come on, somebody. Come on, bring that increase on that job. Come on, bring gifts for all my kids this Christmas season. Hello, somebody. How much joy is in this place right now? Remember, if you can't rejoice, it's because you're worrying about something. And the worry is keeping you from rejoicing. And one of the ways to worry your worry is by rejoicing. Come on, why don't you make your worry and get worried about why you're rejoicing when you should be worrying? Some of y'all will catch that when you get in the car driving home today. I said, why don't you worry your worry and make your worry worry while you're rejoicing when you should be worrying? Confuse your worry by rejoicing at times when you should be worrying, but yet you've got a smile on your face. Come on, somebody. Yet you're saying, God, you're good, and you're good all the time. Come on, somebody, because he is. Let's close right here for the day. Number four, peace will always follow. When you make this decision, folks, to rejoice at all times, to let gentleness be a form of expression of that joy, to let joy replace anxiety. And what you're going to find is the peace of God is going to always follow that. And it's going to be a peace that passes all understanding. Everyone else will be looking at you like, if I was in that same situation, I would be going crazy. But here they are baking cookies for everybody else. It's just a choice. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You ever had God do something so good for you that even your mind couldn't figure out how he did that? We're experiencing something like that right now. We're still trying to figure out, God, how did you put this together? But we realize somebody else had to buy something years ago, go through what they went through. Hello, somebody. For us to go through what we went through all about the same time, For us to end up with what we're getting ready to end up with at the right time when we need to end up with it. That nobody else will be able to say I did that for them because nobody really knows how this happened. Only thing we know is that it's happening and we're giving God the glory for it. I'm telling you, can we we write a script for this? We can't write a script for how long. We can't no script for this. No script. Only script is, God, you are good. God is a miracle-working God. 
I'm telling you, there'll be a, such a peace that'll come over you. Man, I'm telling you, your natural mind won't even understand why you are so calm with what you're facing. Come on, how many only God can give you that kind of peace? Hallelujah. 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 And when you make a decision not to worry and you pray about everything and you give God thanksgiving, you're going to live in a state of peace. Hallelujah. The bills will get paid. Watch this. They always do. You ever notice that? You've been there before. Didn't he work it out? So if he worked it out yesterday... Why won't he work it out today? Come on, somebody. Did he pay him yesterday? And why won't he pay him today? Why get all worked up about that doctor's report? You've been sick before. Did he heal you before? And guess what? He's healing you right now. Matter of fact, I said that wrong. You're already healed right now. Now, somebody need to give God, give God a down payment on all the bills being paid. That's for somebody in this room. Come on, somebody needs to give God a down payment for healing. Just, just manifesting all through your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Glory to God. Peace will always follow. Peace means to be set at one again. It means quietness. It means rest. I like that kind of peace where I can just rest and be quiet. Serenity. Hallelujah. Says that this peace will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That'll tell you two areas where the battleground is always taking place. In your heart and in your mind. But notice what that peace will do. It'll guard. That word guard means it'll keep. It'll be a watcher in advance. It'll mount guard. That peace will post spies at the gate and it'll protect your heart and your mind from all those wrong thoughts that try to enter in there that the enemy wants you to ultimately say out of your mouth. I mean, we're not buying that this holiday season. Thanksgiving has already been one of the best Thanksgivings of our life. You just got to see it that way. This will be the best Christmas you've ever experienced in your life. And it has nothing to do with whether or not you get what you want for Christmas. The reality is, folks, it's not your birthday anyway. It's Jesus' birthday. So guess what? If I didn't get nothing else but the gift of Jesus, it's the best Christmas I've ever had in my life. Come on, somebody thank God for the gift of Jesus. See, it's all in how you look at it, folks. And it's amazing that once we start appreciating the best gift, how many other gifts show up with that? But it's something about the other gifts that will pale in comparison to the gift of Jesus. The reality is if somebody blessed me with a car, it wouldn't have, could not compare to the gift of Jesus. Somebody walked and paid our house, it could not compare to the gift of Jesus. There's no greater gift. So teach your children that. Christmas is not their birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. So if we can't get them something, then let's all get Jesus a gift. 
what is a great gift we can give Jesus? Don't worry about nothing. Now you're walking in what he died, what he provided for you. It's the gift of peace. I declare this will be a peaceful holiday season. Full of no worry, full of no anxiety, but full of thankfulness and gratefulness in the hearts and lives of your people. Hallelujah. 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 I want to show you something here. God already knows what we need. The question is whether or not we really know what we need. A lot of times, folks, it's a lot deeper than what you think it really is. And I'll explain to you what I mean here. Sometimes people think that they want to meet a spouse. You know, this time of the year, I don't have anyone to go to Thanksgiving with me. I don't have anyone to, I I don't want to go because I don't have anyone to go with me. See, again, if I know he's with me, I'm good. But, But really, that's not the issue. The issue is not that I need to be with someone. The deeper issue is I'm lonely. And I mean, if I don't address the loneliness, another person will never solve that problem. And so a lot of times we're thinking we need something, and really what God wants to address is the real need that you have, which is beyond another physical person. See, when you let him, when you get to a place where he's all that you need, relationships are easy after that. Relationships become complicated when we want people to replace God. Let me tell you something. You have not worried until you get in a relationship and you realize they are not God. And it's going to be an eye-opening moment for you because you're going to think you married your dream person. And there really is only one dream person. His name is Jesus. Everybody else comes short. And so what will happen is he'll meet your real need. And that's him. And then once you get there, you can go to every celebration because you know you've got everything that you already need. And once you become content with that, you'll find the next season you'll have somebody to show up with, but it won't mean nothing to you. You don't need to update your status. (laughs) Oh, that was for somebody in here. That was for somebody. when you get this kind of peace, it just goes way beyond all the rest of that. A lot of times we think, God, if I only can get a a better job and make more money. You don't really realize it's not a better job. People get a better job, make more money all the time. They still end up in the same situations. It's not really what you need. What you need is a greater sense of security in him. And you thought more money would give you that security or a bigger house, but it never will. Is this making sense to anybody? See, when you get there, there's going to be a peace that comes on you. It doesn't matter if you're in an apartment or if you're in a 5,000-square-foot home. You're going to be the same person in the apartment that you will be in the 5,000-square-foot home. 
neither one of them are ever going to change you because it's not your security. Man, I'm telling you, I don't know if you all are getting anything out of this today, but I'm preaching myself happy today. Because a lot of times we think we need more. You really don't. You need more Jesus. And everything else pales in comparison. I want to give you this challenge as I conclude today. Did you all get anything out of this today? Now, that couple that was blessed with those tickets, that's free tickets to the Falcons game today. I just want to rejoice with them one more time, the Stokes family. Thank you, God, for what you did in their heart. I'll go back and pray about the cash that was in that envelope, whether that was for me or that was for you all. I got to go back and pray about it. Okay, I got my answer. That, That cash was for me. The tickets was for you all. That's a true story, though. As soon as I got done ministering, you know, all the, the, the players and the coaches, they come up and shake your hand. So I'm getting ready to exit out the window. Guy hits me and just says, here. It's never happened before in this envelope. And it just has these two tickets in there and some cash. I took the cash out. <laughs> but God sure did bless that couple today with those tickets. <laughs> but, but watch this. He didn't leave us out. There are four tickets waiting for us at Will Call today. Watch this. And they, want, they, they were so interested in being a blessing to us, my phone was ringing at 7 o'clock this morning about parking passes. They didn't even want us to even pay for parking. <laughs> Folks, something good's getting ready to happen to Linked Up Church. And when something good happens to Linked Up Church, it happens to all the members of Linked Up Church as well. So get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, this is getting ready to be the greatest holiday season of your life. Now just go ahead and put a down payment on that and rejoice and give God glory in advance for it. Hallelujah. 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 Let me give you this challenge and I'm done should go up on the screen. Two things I want you to reflect. For this week, just challenge yourself. Reflect on the promise of God's ever-present help in your time of need. Then ask yourself the question, how will this help you to rejoice through all circumstances? See, something about knowing that he's near and he's with me, it's going to give me something to rejoice about regardless of what I'm going through. Second thing, I want you to think about your family or your church family. So if you can't find something to rejoice about in your circumstances, can you find someone else who does and rejoice with them? Now you're growing up as a believer. That even though my situation is not everything I want it to be, let me go find somebody whose situation is. And let me just get in on their rejoicing. Let me uproot this selfishness in my heart. Come on, somebody. And let me just give God glory for what he's doing in somebody else's life. And I can promise you it won't be long before you're rejoicing about what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Let me close with this closing prayer today. Father, I just want to thank you today for my church family. I want to thank you for my immediate family. 
And Father, I make a quality decision today to uproot selfishness in my heart. And Father, I rejoice with every person in this room that's rejoicing, my linked up family, as well as my immediate family and friends, Father. And so I'll make on purpose an opportunity to find someone and just give God glory for what you're doing in their lives. And I pray that you'll give everyone in this building that same heart. And so, Father, as we go from Thanksgiving to Christmas, Christmas to New Year's, I pray that there'll be no anxiety, no fear, no worry where this congregation in the body of Christ at large is concerned. And we'll replace that with joy. We'll replace that with prayer. We'll replace that with thankfulness, Father. And we know that as a result, this will be the most peaceful holiday season we've ever experienced because we know you're near us and you're as close to us being in our hearts and you're ready to act on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Lift your hands and just thank God one more time today. Just thank him and give him glory today. Make a decision to become a person who is going to rejoice at all times and in all seasons. Let gentleness replace. Let it be the mark of joy. Don't be agitated. Don't be upset. But be kind. Be gentle. Be thankful as you respond to people and as you deal with people. Hallelujah. Make a decision to let joy replace anxiety in your life. You're going to see the peace of God is going to follow every single time. And it's going to be a peace that even your mind won't even be able to make sense out of because it's going to pass all understanding. You're going to say many times over, God, only you could have done something like this in my life. And God's going to say it's because you made the choice to trust me with this situation. I pray for every person in this room. May God manifest himself big for you during this holiday season. In Jesus' name. If you all would, just look up here at me for a moment. You don't have to stand right now. While you're in that attitude of prayer, I believe there are people in this room. You need to make that big decision today. You've been looking for it in all the wrong places. But I want to give you the greatest gift I could give you today during this holiday season. And that's the gift of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord.